You're listening to We, we, we the Aether Podcast with host Adam Evans, within and without. Welcome. Good day, everyone. In this episode, I had sat down with singer, songwriter, performer, extraordinaire Ajit Kaur, whom is a wonderful, beautiful human being inside and out. And she possesses a very unique perspective on her life, her circumstances. And we discussed that in the preceding episode, along with all sorts of topics ranging from the expression of her truth by way of singing, dance, performing, her creativity and how that process unfolds for her when she's creating music and working with her band. And then we also talked about meditation and how to unwind and generally our society and all sorts of different neat stuff that I think you'll enjoy quite a bit. And if you're interested in more information on Ajit, then I highly suggest you have a look at the show notes of this episode because it's going to include all of the resources needed to delve down deeper into the wonders of Ajit's music and everything that she's a part of, including retreats, events, concerts, and so much more. She actually has a Kickstarter currently running for her upcoming album, which she's self-producing, and we discussed that briefly as well in the preceding episode. But without further ado, I leave you with myself and Ajit Kaur in conversation. And if you want to hear more of these types of conversations, please feel free to let us know by visiting wetheether.com and sending an email, or you can visit us on iTunes and give us a rating. Or you can visit Instagram.com forward slash WeTheEther and just comment on any of the posts there or send a message because I'm always interested in your feedback. So please feel free to do so. And um, again, I leave you with myself and Ajit in conversation. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you for listening in advance and have a wonderful day. Hello, hello. How's it going? Pretty good. Hi, so I assume you can hear me. That's good. I can. Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're loud and clear. Oh, good. So it's nice to speak. Finally, we haven't spoken in a long time. Yeah, definitely. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. Last time uh, I saw you was your your concert. Um, Must have been a couple of years ago, I think. Um, I was with Grace and um, we spoke after your concert briefly. But I know you have some coming up as well. One in, in Toronto in September. Is that right? Yeah, it's um, in November, I believe. Oh, November. Okay, cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'll probably be seeing you to that one as well. <laughs> that would be great, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I'm going to be putting a portion of this on YouTube, maybe the whole thing, and trying to push some of that traffic and whatnot to the podcast. But for the most part, um, I think most of the listeners are audio. Okay. Uh, video is something I've just started doing because, actually, I'm, you're familiar with uh, Raghu Marcus from... Love server member. Um, yes. He's the so. uh, the director of the um, the foundation. Yeah. Um, I had a call with him, actually a podcast with him, and he suggested to do video, and he kind of put me onto the idea. So I figured, okay, it's probably it's probably something I should be doing. And then I actually spoke with um, Lama Suryadas uh, soon after that. So um, and I and I've even had a call with Ramdas as well, but uh, I didn't record that, and it wasn't like um, it wasn't a podcast. It was just one of those one on one calls. Mm-hmm. So it's really lovely, anyways. But um, cool. it's all kind of within your within your realm, within your space. Yeah. So I figured, yeah, definitely. Pretty, pretty neat, and that's why I actually reached out to you as well because I figured uh, it would just be very in line with those other podcasts, and it seems like a lot of the listeners really like that type of content, that material, um, and just to diversify things because I think that um, the spiritual side of stuff is really important to highlight, um, but then also having like I've had some health and fitness people on and other guests. So just to have some diversity there is pretty neat. So I think you, you yeah, bring a, a really sure. nice perspective um, with what you do. So um, just to kick things off, do you mind just introducing yourself and explaining briefly what it is that you do? Sure. Um, well, I'm curious, are you all right with these big headphones? If, I thought we were just doing audio. So yeah, I don't know if you, you want me to get... How, however you want to look. Got my mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I think they look fine. It's up to you. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I just, whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, my name is Ajit, um, and I make mantra music and 
world music. It's always hard for me to define what the genre is per se, but um, I would say just mainly my music is with the intention of creating a space that people can connect deeper to their own inner world. Um, and I definitely find that music is my way of connecting deeper in myself. Um, and so my music having that kind of role in other people's lives, I feel is just an, an unfolding of that being my own way of connection. Mm-hmm. No, it makes sense. And, and what's the particular, is it a particular style of music that you sing? Um, I, I mean, personally, I know that it's, uh, Kirtan mm-hmm. is pretty popular, but I'm, uh, many people aren't aware of what Kirtan is. Would you be able to just briefly kind of explain what that is for people that might not be too familiar with it? Yeah, um, well, I write a lot of songs and do um, kind of music with an influence from a lot of different places. Um, but I did get started with this style of music by doing kirtan, which is um, more of a devotional kind of call and response often um, style of music that originates from India and is really a meditative practice with sound and, and chanting. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a part of my own kind of practice and background. Um, but I also grew up singing Irish music and I grew up in a family that sings mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, kind of lives through songs and experiences life through songs and passes down stories through songs. So I also feel that that's really present in, in my own relationship to music. So um, the recordings I've made are kind of a combination of those two rivers meeting, you know, those two different um, aspects of my own experience. Mm-hmm. My own, um, original connection to music came from different, different places. And so it kind of melds into something new. Yeah. Something very new, actually something very unique as well from, from everything I've heard uh, of your music. And um, do you find that it's something that's constantly evolving and constantly just um, changing over time? Um, Completely, yeah. Your life progresses, the experiences you have and everything, it sort of just starts to integrate those things into, because I know you're working on some new stuff as well and you're working on an album, which we can can talk about shortly. But um, yeah, I just wanted to find out. So as you progress through life, do you see an evolution in in the production of your music and the style in which you sing and um, just everything really about it? Completely, yeah. I think... um, it's one of the things that I love about being an artist or being a musician is that, you know, you can constantly be exploring your own heart, your own being, your own way of um, doing this thing that is so massive of creating Mm -hmm. music. There's so many ways you can go with it. Um, So it's something I love about the process really to keep exploring and keep going deeper and finding new ways of expressing through sound. Um, but then it's also something that's kind of like a, a scary part of, of it because, you know, you, um, you kind of develop a relationship with the people who listen to your music. And mm-hmm. um, I really feel that I, I want people to be able to continue enjoying it. And so it's always a process for me of really staying aligned with where I am and feeling free to explore. And then also um, you never know, you know, how, how everyone else will feel about that, but for me, it's, it's really about staying, staying true to what I'm experiencing in that moment. And I've found that people are really willing to go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a really interesting part of it all to just mm-hmm. keep, keep following that creative call wherever it leads and just really trust that. And it, it is really a trusting process because you're just opening yourself up to people in such a way and just allowing everyone in really and, and to be part of your creative process and to, to join that evolution. So do you find at times that you sometimes, I guess you kind of cover that, but in a way you're almost uh, a little bit nervous or hesitant to really reveal your truth in that way to people. Do you, do you feel any uh, or, or notice or have an awareness of any fear behind that, that you have to get past and get through in order to express yourself in such a creative way and, and in such a truthful way? Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like as you keep going deeper and different levels and different layers and um, sometimes it's it's a little like, oh, I don't know if I want to go that deep. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wanna, 
you know, explore that new, new space in myself. And this album that I'm working on now, I felt that a lot. Like when I first um, played one of the songs, one of the first songs I wrote for the album, I played it for my band. And, you know, it's just two people who I know so well. They're like family. Um, and I sing in front of them most days of my life. And my hands were shaking. <laughs> I was like so, so nervous just to, because it felt like just totally opening up mm -hmm. a part of myself and saying, okay, now come come on, have a look inside. And, you know, certain songs I feel are just, they come from a place that's very intimate. And so then it's a really interesting process to start sharing it with the world in a way that's so big and mm -hmm. share it with a lot of people, but still keep that sense of intimacy. Mm -hmm. It's that's really nice you have those band members that you can share that with. It's almost like um, a little spiritual community, like a satsang or a sangha, where you can open yourself up to them prior to doing so to you know the rest of the world almost like trial it there get their opinion get their feedback and really just give yourself that opportunity to have that experience of sharing prior to going out and performing in front of you know an audience of people where that could be a little bit nerve-wracking i'm sure personally i've never done it i'm not much of a i've tried much singing myself but you know i can only imagine like uh, i've done speaking in front of people when that alone can be somewhat daunting at times so yeah singing definitely so <laughs> yeah and like at that moment, um, when I first showed it to them and I was so nervous, we were doing a concert in front of like a thousand people that night. So I sang it in front of a thousand people <laughs> that same, that night. same wow. night. Yeah. But at least I had this, um, my first time, I was probably even more nervous just showing it to them. Um, because as soon as they, as soon as they were on board with it, we're like together in it. But somehow, um, or some moments when I go somewhere and it's just like me and my guitar or something, it, it does feel really different without that. You're right. It's like a community. Mm -hmm. um, the band is such a family and um, it definitely changes that feeling of feeling nervous. It's really rare for me that I feel nervous during a concert or um yeah, it's probably mostly just if I'm sharing something really new that feels really vulnerable and mm. intimate. You know, is that something that it, it eventually progressed to being that way, where initially when you were first starting out with your singing career and really getting in front of an audience, you did have a little bit more anxiety, whereas now it's just become so natural to you. It's part of your just process. It's part of what you do, so to speak. Yeah, I think it has to do with how I was introduced to music and especially to singing. Um, because my way of being introduced to it wasn't so much as a performance. And so when I was really young, I was already singing a lot in front of groups because like my family, um, my family in Ireland actually is really into the Shanos tradition of singing, which is this kind of um, storytelling in Irish. And so at the end of every meal, everybody gets up and one at a time shares either a poem or a song. Um, and goes around the whole table. It takes like a few hours, you know, to get through everybody. Um, and so th those are my first kind of experiences of singing in front of people were in these or also in Irish sessions where it's like a group of 15 musicians or something. Then the, the audience is also the band, you know, the people mm -hmm. listening are also the musicians. And, you, and I would just maybe sing a song in the middle of the session as other people were, um, you know, like between songs and, and then also with the, with the Kirtan world. And, um, my mom was a yoga teacher. So when I was pretty young, I was already in these situations where people were doing a lot of this devotional singing. So I think the combination of those two things, um, singing and music has always just been this like really fun community way of sharing space together and expressing yourself and enjoying each other. So I think that is probably a big part of why I don't feel nervous so much because it doesn't feel so much like a performance. It feels like, um, yeah, just that, mm -hmm. that celebration of life. That yeah. Do you almost really feel fun. like you're in a performance when you're not singing? If that's the if that's the case, it's almost as if when when you're in your in your singing mode, when you're singing, when you're in that state, completely. 
expressing your truth in that way when you're not singing, when you're just walking about the world dealing with, you know, business matters of concerts and mm-hmm. this and that. Do you find that that's almost more of a performance for you where you're almost having to, it, it just, it's not as natural because it sounds like you did, you were raised yeah. completely within this environment of, of uh, you know, just, just openness and being able to express yourself. Yeah, it's interesting. I've never thought of it that way, but it's definitely true. I it's feel just about flipping it. I don't know. Yeah, just, no, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel that way. That um, I think when I'm playing music is the most natural space for me, and I just feel there's nothing. You know, there's no worry. There's no thought. There's no anything. There's just music, and mm-hmm. it's really a, it's really a relaxing space. Mm-hmm. Your heart it. is completely open at that point. Yeah, it's just there's there's no effort it's it's a really really special space and um so then yeah the rest of life can sometimes in contrast have a lot of effort involved right yeah Yeah. i'm yeah i'm grateful to have the the balance of being able to kind of take a vacation in that world of music Mm -hmm. and and it's something like uh your your tone and and how you sing in particular i find that when, when i listen to it personally um I find that it's it's almost as if you're through just opening up and getting out of the way. It's you're allowing that 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 to flow through you. Um, I don't know if you would refer to it as your own. Um, the only way I could think is your own truth, your own your own. I, I like to see divinity within every individual being, and I post a lot about that stuff as well. And sometimes I don't know if people look at it and go, "What the hell is this guy talking about?" But really, I think that people tend to get in the way of their own expression and. And if you're on stage in that way and opening yourself up, it is like you're just freely flowing, like you're just open like a river and it's all just coming out and it's just going. And everyone that's in in that space with you can really just take that nourishment and get that refreshment from that river. And it's something that's uh, altruistic in a way that because you're you're, you're really bringing someone into that to that realm with you and and bringing someone into that space of truth. And it's just uh, I think that's why you've done so well personally. And from from me listening to your music, that that's what drew me into it is. it's just the fact that it kind of allows me to step aside, you know, allows, allows my own ego to step aside and allows me to get in, into that space with you and just kind of enjoy the ride, almost like riding the wave. And it's, it's really, really nice. It kind of everything of the, of the world gets set aside, you know, and I can yeah. just listen and enjoy and just, just, just be in that resonance. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm really happy to hear that, it, that that can happen. I'm, I'm that's assuming that goal. that's why you do a lot of what you do. Is it is. Yeah. It really does help people. It's a way of, it's a way of universal healing by way of expression. So. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think just this moment in the world and everything that's happening, life can be so stimulating mm-hmm. and very intense. And so um, it feels like a moment that having music that can give you an experience of that, like exhale, you know, just to, even if it's just the length of a song or, um, you know, a couple minutes, I feel like just to have, um, something that takes you into a more relaxed space is really important. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of times that I think I would like to be doing more to, you know, be really active in um, some of the aspects of what's happening in our world, you know, politically and environmentally and these, these things that I feel really strongly about. But then at the same time, I think, um, yeah, the most important thing I can do is create at this moment is create music that can, um, create a, a relaxing still space Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to kind of counteract the intensity. Right. Right. I made a post, I mean, literally I made an Instagram post earlier today, which was, um, Basically, that, that that piece exists in the silence or the space between the thoughts. So it's it, there's just so mm-hmm. much information, so much happening, like so many devices, so many different things. And it's like thought, 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 thought. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's no space. There's no gap. And people can be doing that thought, thought, thought for days, weeks, months, years, you know, and they never are out of it. So mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's just so important to highlight people such as yourself that really bring people out, so it can kind of take them out at least for an instance, to let them know that there's something else there, some other yeah. form of experience, some other dimension which they can you know, reside in that's a little bit more, in my opinion, a little bit more real, a little bit more mm-hmm. in, in tune with what's real, as opposed to you know, all the visceral things that they experience in their daily life. Yeah, completely. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are a lot of ways to do that. And like I feel talking to you and, you know, knowing a bit from your Instagram and your following, like I, I definitely get a lot as well from like my morning run and going outside mm-hmm. and being in the trees and the air. And, um, and then like I love going when I'm home, I get to go on my paddleboard when it's nice mm-hmm. weather. And, um, you know, it's, it seems like small things, but it's huge to take to take space in the day to just go and um, kind of reset and connect back. I think nature is, is an amazing way of, of doing that, of really resetting. And um, I think of my music as kind of like, if you're, if you're not able to take that space to go out, go outside or go for a swim or whatever that is, I try to make music that, that maybe feels like what that would feel like. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. create a song that would, um, when I listen to it, I feel refreshed in the way that I would feel if I went for a hike. For so, who knows if it's successful, but that's that's the goal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think being in nature is super important. It's something I, I I didn't think I would get so into. Like when I was younger, I wasn't really. I mean, I used to live like in the core of the city. Actually, I think when well, I don't know if I was living there when we first met. But I was right in the middle of, of Toronto and it's just like chaotic, just people everywhere. And it, it was just so much, too much to handle. Almost like I found like it, uh, almost like there was an interference. Like if I tried to experience that piece, there's just like an interference, some sort of like, I don't know, psychic interference of some sort. But it's just like not enough trees and too many people equals interference to me. So I feel yeah. like I've slowly just regressed and started moving further and further away from the city. Even right now, I'm moving further and further away because I just want more space i just want to go and be outside and be like tarzan all the time because i find like it's just much more much more peaceful for me especially yeah. being in this like technological space and we're doing these podcasts and all this crazy stuff it's like there needs to be such balance and i, and I yeah. think a lot of people don't experience it and that's partially why i share a lot of the content i do and i'm slowly going more in that direction uh, especially with this podcast because i find like this is an outlet for me much like singing would be for you this is almost like a, a spiritual outlet for me um and I, and I personally it's funny we briefly talked about that fear i personally experience that sometimes when i'm about to express something or express an idea or a philosophy or anything else because so many people have different views and different opinions that um you know, it, uh, it's almost like projecting that potential judgment on whatever mm-hmm. I'm posting. So it's almost like when I post something, sometimes I just do it and let it go. Like It's just like, yeah. just get the message out, let it go. Whatever happens, it, whatever it may be, it'll be. And um, I find, especially as a male in, in this society, to, to have such a balance of uh, expressing like a feminine energy um, is really important as well. To have like a strong masculine energy, but to also balance it so much so with like a feminine one that mm-hmm. it, it's I, I just find that that's the way to, to that's the way to live to be honest just to have that balance and i find a lot of people are really one side or the other they're not really focusing too much on on getting there with the, <laughs> with the balance but um that's basically my, my objective with posting the content and doing what i do and especially with this podcast so yeah and i feel like um i'm thinking as you're saying like sometimes you feel nervous sharing certain posts like i've i've definitely felt that too and sometimes if i'm like reflecting on something that feels kind of personal and like you're saying maybe other people might have different opinions or something um often that is actually the the things that i write or sing that get the most response from people and like that people really feel the most mm-hmm. are the things i think maybe i won't even say that right yeah <laughs> that's I pretty think, funny i yeah. think there's something about that feeling of like hesitation or almost a, a little bit of fear or a little bit of um like discomfort with being vulnerable that actually can be a sign of like what art is you know i think right. What is the difference between like writing an Instagram post and and creating like a piece of art in terms of you know a poem or or a book or something some collection of words that we would consider art? I feel like a lot of that from my perspective would be something that um, that feels that way that feels like it's really expressing something vulnerable and deep and sometimes yeah, you, you hesitate before <laughs> before yeah. going there. 
Yeah. yeah. And I, I've personally, I mean, through my own experiences, I've noticed a shift in, in uh, even men that I know, their willingness to open up and share content that's more on the feminine energy side, let's say, um, yeah. which is really great. Because for me, it's like, I, I, I love to post the, like the strong lifting stuff, all this and that. It's all just like a, a, a masculine expression in a way. But then to also have these like quotes and also to have interviews like with people such as yourself who, who represent such a strong feminine energy that I think it, um, it's almost like it shows people how they can then do that themselves, how they can then open up without fear and express things on their own. People often will ask me if they can repost things I post or share things I post. I'm like, please, by all means, I don't, that's the point, you know, like do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I think that, uh, you know, I think that's why it's great to have conversations like this that we can really just start to introduce people more to that balance. Totally. Yeah. Um, so I, I did have a question as well about Kundalini yoga, because I know you, you practice that as well. And um, you, I do, you held yeah. some, uh, is it like seminars or um, how are those? Uh, is it seminars? Yeah. Like well, that? I do. I do workshops and workshops, um, right. retreats and yeah, different, different settings. Okay. So could you describe Kundalini yoga? Because a lot of people might even think that's like some sort of smoothie because they don't know what, the, what yeah. the kundalini is so it could be a great smoothie actually. it sounds like it could smoothie. be there'd probably be some like kale in there i'd imagine definitely <laughs> yeah um kundalini yoga it's hard to it's hard to describe it's um it's a very kind of holistic form of yoga it involves breathing so pranayam and mantras and um, asana or physical postures um, so it's instead of like you know certain types of yoga are very asana based or very breath based or um, kundalini yoga really has a pretty strong balance of the all of these different aspects and also a pretty strong balance um, between the physical body and doing things with your physical body and a meditative more meditative practice Mm -hmm. So a class would almost be like half and half of physical asana and then um, a relaxation or shavasana and then um, doing really a lot of meditation. So I've, I've really loved being a part of that practice. I, I grew up with Kundalini yoga because my mother is a Kundalini yoga teacher. Um, and the practice has really served me a lot over the years, just as a, as a way to maintain all those levels, you know, really the, the health of my physical body at certain moments um, has been especially important. Um, it's interesting, Kundalini Yoga has um, all these different kriyas or different sets of exercises. And each of the kriyas is for something different. So if you're dealing with something really specific, you can go to a, to a yoga set that's you know, for the kidneys or for healing the spine or, you know, different, um, different topics, whatever that is you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And so there is, are, it, um, sorry, is it like right. a way of opening up blockages, say, um, so that you have a, a kind of a free energetic flow throughout the body is, is that you can focus on a specific area that needs healing? Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the, a lot of the sets would, would be kind of through, um, moving in that way, like opening up and often they'll kind of start at the bottom of the body and doing exercises um, to loosen things up and move any blocks and then slowly working their way up so that you're not just like meditating, constantly trying to be in a perfect state of peace and just live in those like upper three chakras. Um, you know, we all have the possibility of falling into that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah trying to be like ultra high and um not deal with any of the mucky stuff mm -hmm. but i think the that's one reason i really love the the yoga sets or the kriyas because it's just built into it you know you you do each of the exercises and they are pretty balanced in that way that um you don't just hang out up in the in the space yeah yeah and I, f I find like a lot of um that's sort of the the extreme end is the people that are up in that space all the time and they're all just walking around you know like uh you know I, it's almost um i think it's important to sort of be in the world in a way as well in order to just function on this level totally. this plane um and also to, in order to 
to actually meet people on this plane and then maybe help bring them up to those other planes, to those other planes and those other yeah. spaces. Because I find some people, they are just too much head in the clouds all the time. And it's, um, it's like, hey, come down, come down, meet me here. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, especially when I'm sure you experience it a lot too with a lot of people that are involved with um, Kirtan and, and people that go to the concerts and everything like that, which is understandable, I'm sure. Um, it almost reminds me of people that tend to do a lot of um, psychedelic drugs or tools. They have different tools that they like to use to escape. Mm-hmm. It's almost to, to escape what, you know, like it's like to escape what. It's almost, uh, I feel like uh, well, when I was speaking with Lama Suryadas not too long ago, we were talking about great naturalness, natural great perfection and seeing it as it is and just sort of seeing that heaven on earth sort of thing. As you, as you move about the second you open your eyes in the morning, you just have that wakefulness you know, in, in, both, in both senses of the word, wakefulness uh, and awareness. And I think it's important to have that and not just sort of walk around, again, head in the clouds, because it, it's hard to communicate sometimes to those people. And I find that that tends to alienate, those people alienate a lot of the people that are very, not there yet, you know, and, and yeah. it's a separation where I think that, you know, there's a nice middle ground people could meet at. But uh, hopefully, again, conversations such as this will open people's minds and perceptions to you know, alternate ways of, of expressing themselves and being with others. And, um, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think anytime that you have that feeling like, oh, I've found the thing that works, and if only everybody else could find this great thing, I think that's the moment to really, like, turn turn the mirror around and look at yourself, because that, I think, um, that is a tendency in spiritual practices to feel that, um, you know, one practice is is kind of above everything else, and if and it could just help everybody, and um, that kind of alienating thing mm-hmm. that you're you're talking about. And um, I think yeah, it just creates more of... separation. When I think that the yeah. whole point of the whole thing is unity, right? So exactly. I think it just creates, you know, oh, I do this practice, I do this practice, I do that practice. Like, well, they all lead to the same general understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, just paying attention to our own way of being in spiritual practice and spiritual community is really important because I like I've found spiritual practice to be really helpful and meditation and yoga practice to be so helpful and then also I feel that it's really important to have those balancing um, other balancing factors in life like really maintaining your um, being an active person in your community and you know, keep, keeping on top of your money or your whatever it is, you know, if, what good is it if you're, you've got this beautiful space in your mind, but you're walking around so spaced out, you're bumping into people. Mm, you know, yeah. I think it's, it's really important that we be engaged in our world. And if we really, you know, a lot of the things that I think spirituality teaches can only really be practiced if we are grounded as well as, expansive mm-hmm. oh i love the way you just described that especially just being engaged in the world it's it's very true um, so touching on that on actually what you just said um do you have any set specific meditative practice outside of kundalini yoga outside of singing do you do anything um let's say transcendental meditation or even just something like surya described in, in an earlier podcast just sky gazing just going out staring up at the sky and just ah you know completely openness and just I personally love staring at treetops. I could do that for forever, like just watching them sway in the wind. Um, but did you yeah. have any practice that you that you apply? Well, definitely being in nature, I would I would consider a practice for me. It's it's like my my soul starts slipping away if I go too too long without that time being out in nature. So it can be tra- uh, you know challenging while traveling a lot. And, touring we go to cities for Mm. playing concerts so we're just city after city and um and so i always really try to just get out in the different countries we go to and see the beauty of nature because it's really it's incredible what our world has you know and and how that can affect us to come back to those that beauty of the natural world Mm -hmm. i feel like it's incredibly healing and resetting Mm -hmm. um and then also, yeah, there are different traditions that have really helped me. I love, I love practicing Buddhist meditation, um, silent meditation, um, and 
the especially Tibetan Buddhist meditation has been um, really nice for me to explore and experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also within the world of yoga, I, I really um, love lots of different styles of yoga, but um, Ashtanga yoga has been something that has been kind of present um, throughout my life since I was very young. So I like, I like that, you know, we live in a time that we can really draw from different traditions and I try for myself to really do it in a way that I kind of connect deeply to, to whatever traditions they are um, and not just kind of like pull from here and there in a, in a light kind of way, but to really take, take the tradition seriously. Cause I think um, part of the beauty of it is that these lineages really um, have carried wisdom for thousands of years and it takes a certain amount of kind of depth and, and attention and commitment of staying with a practice, I think, to start to feel that potency. Of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of Often it. you can even, you can try a practice, step away from it for a bit, revisit it down the road and experience it in a whole new way, just Completely. because you're in a whole new space yourself. Yeah. Or you could go to one class or one meditation circle in a tradition and um, say, you know, either I like it or I don't. And it's like, how do you really know? Because there's, there's such a deep tradition behind that. Um, and I think, yeah, you're right. It's, it has to be the right moment that you um, find the things that connect to you at the right times. Um, but I really appreciate that we live at a time in the world where we have access to so many traditions and so mm-hmm. many different ways of seeking that connection because it feels almost like, um, I mean, this is a little off topic, but I got, um, I got Lyme's disease last year and it was really bad. And, and the herbs that I was taking, um, I was in Ireland at the time and there was an outbreak of this Japanese knotweed which is one of the herbs I was taking for the Lyme. And so I was hearing from everybody in town these two things. One was Lyme's disease is getting so bad, it's everywhere, you know, it's starting to, everybody's starting to have it. And then two, Japanese, this Japanese knotweed, what are we going to do about it? And I was, I was like, wow, that's so interesting that they're, the two things that everyone's talking about are the challenge and the cure, the medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm trying to remember where that thought even started, but um, you know, it, I think a lot of the time it, these two things come together. So like at this moment in the world, we have the challenge of so much intensity. Um, and I think a lot of people being maybe too engaged in the world, like we were overstimulated, but at the same time we have this abundance of, um, of practices and tools for inner connection that is really also amplified at almost an equal kind of quantity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's interesting yeah. how things rise together. Yeah, yeah. And it's great because it's almost like you just described the internet in a way because you just have this cluster of information. I mean, I could upload this podcast and then it, it just gets flooded with Donald Trump stuff coming before and after it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just this overwhelming abundance of kind of like I would just associate that Donald Trump politics stuff to Lyme's disease and people just getting a little bit too uppity about the lot, but not really seeing the other side of it as well. And, but the, the internet is great for that reason, because then you can go explore and delve down deeper into any spiritual practice, such as the ones you, you alluded to earlier. Uh, and you can learn more about those and you can start to c- communicate with people that are interested in those things as well. So it's yeah. like, um, yeah, it's just a very, very nice, parallel to what, what you just described there with the lines but, totally. but how are you doing now how are you feeling now i'm a lot better i love that japanese knotweed <laughs> <laughs> super that, cool. that everyone's going crazy about yeah yeah no mm. but it's um yeah i i healed it with a combination of western medicine and herbal medicine and um again kind of going back to the the balance of things you know mm-hmm. It's good to not have any kind of fun- fundamentalist views about anything. That's a goal right. of mine in life. Right. And so, um, yeah, having Lyme disease was definitely a good reminder of that because the allopathic medicine was super helpful and important to me, especially at the beginning when it was kind of a crisis. It was so helpful to be able to have antibiotics and deal, you know, mm-hmm. deal with that. And um, 
yeah, so. Do now, do you, do you find that having a strong intention, I mean, aside from there's plenty of studies on the placebo effect, but having a strong intention towards your own healing, do you find that that aided in your ability to actually heal and recover quickly? Um, I find a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people that do get Lyme's and do get all these other things, even cancer. I mean, it's a big one, mm-hmm. but they, I, I was speaking with someone recently and they were talking about uh, someone they had known who just got cancer. She's in her twenties. And when someone says that to me, I think, okay, well, now's the time to take action, to make a shift, to make a change, to start to get healthier and better and, and move in that direction. But the person that was telling this to me was that all that, this, all that the relatives of this individual girl, woman were, were doing was just making her comfortable so that she can live out her remaining years in comfort. And when mm-hmm. I hear that, I feel like it's, it's giving up. I feel mm-hmm. like it's uh, as long as you're able to take the breath you should have your intention. You should work towards finding a solution to, to get yourself healthier, to get yourself better and not have so many paradigms, you know, inside the box ways of thinking that this is the only way it is. Like I have limes, I'm sick. I am sick, you know, write it down. I am sick mm-hmm. or I have cancer. I am sick. I am dying, you know, to have the, the limitless perception of, of, of your pure potentiality of, of anyone's pure potentiality and being able to, to sort of align to that. Um, so what, what you're yeah. saying is kind of, it's kind of like, did you have some sort of intention that supported you? Well, I've, I've dealt with illness kind of on and off a lot in life for whatever reason, something that comes, comes up, things come up um, every few years for me. And I feel that um, every, every illness really has something to say, you know, it has some reason for being there. I, I don't think it's just, things don't just happen by accident in my experience mm-hmm. um, and I think you know why for whatever reason that it happens there's still some way to learn something through absolutely everything. yeah yeah um, and for me illness has been one of the biggest teachers and biggest gifts that I've had every time it comes up there's there's something I'm not really giving the attention it needs mm-hmm. you know or um, like this last time with the Lyme disease I just had been really pushing it with with touring and with um, recording, I, I, you know, have a lot of material in this body and mind, and I just mm-hmm. want to get it all out there and go to every country every year, and you know, just kind of like keep grab a megaphone going. and just blast it to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's easy to not listen when your body is telling you things, or um, or your spirit too. Like mm-hmm. I think at that time, my my body and my spirit both needed more space and some time to really rest and not be around so many people and, you know, kind of take my space. And I wasn't really fully listening to that. And so, you know, illness gave me, really gave me a gift of slowing, slowing me down and taking me back to, it was really back to zero because, Mm -hmm. you know, for people, maybe some people who are listening have dealt with Lyme and um, it's really hard because a lot of the time it goes into your brain. And so I, I had this experience of really not being able to use my brain for a few months. Mm-hmm. And, but it was interesting because it was like, wow, I've never found a, a meditation that could make me feel this spacious in my mind. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's almost like a Taoism type approach. Yeah. You, know? Uh, you know, And then there's a quote that comes to mind. I think it's from Alexander Pope. Or it was, uh, how happy is the blameless vessel's lot? You know, mm. essentially notes that and how Taoism reveres those that are you know in in our society they wouldn't revere those people but they have uh you know limited capacity mental processing capacity but they're so revered because they live in such a blissful state often when i when i go out and i'll see someone that has some sort of uh, disability i actually went for a walk recently and i saw someone in a wheelchair and i just sat there and watched them and they were just you know it was a a, probably in their 20s completely in a wheelchair and literally holding a rattle that a child would hold to, to entertain themselves and I just sat there watching them and I thought, you know, that is, some people could see that as, as, as torment, but you could, on the, on, the, on the contrary, you could see that as total bliss. Um, and then I, I reflected beyond that of the, the caregiver and I thought the caregiver's experiencing bliss through this individual as well because this person was, you know, wheeling the person around and all this stuff. And I, I just saw it as a whole kind of a blessed experience for the two of them because they were out together in the park. And you can also see that caregiver as, as carrying a burden but mm-hmm. I didn't see that, you know, I, like, it's like, I see those things, but they're not the, the, the reality to me. You know, they're yeah. not, 
they, they don't have, they're not grounded in truth. They're, those things are just like misperceptions, in my opinion, that a lot of people hold on to, uh, you know, with everything in the world, but uh, with yeah. disease especially. So I think it's really important to just focus on, it's, it's kind of cheesy, but focus on the good, see the good in everything, because it, it is there in everything. It just has to be perceived. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think um, just the feeling that there is both sides in everything. There's a shadow in everything and there's light in everything. There's, you know, the day and the night. It, there's, the, there's this kind of balance within our, our human experience. And so, um, I mean, sometimes I think just focusing on the light can also be a challenge because, like, I, I kind of feel that that's what I was doing before I got this illness last year. I was kind of just trying to be super positive. And that's why when you asked about the intention, I'm hesitant to even say that I had that intention of healing because once I realized that the, the illness was really like the medicine I needed at that time, I, I really felt like I needed to kind of sink into that and allow it to take its own natural course. Mm -hmm. And obviously I was still really working to get better and taking medicines and, um, and working with my healing. But I also think that sometimes that can be like a resistance to really fully experiencing mm -hmm. um, what's happening. And yeah, so I think it can be nice either way. It's like if we're too focused on the negative, then we could be missing something that could be kind of a silver lining. And if we're too focused on just getting the light, I think sometimes the, the shadow can kind of Mm. surprise us Come now on. i'm not sure in buddhism is that would that be referred to as taking the middle path taking the middle way you know yeah and i think a lot of spiritual traditions all have that teaching in them you know and it's funny how like even within um the chanting world a lot of people will translate the word guru to mean moving from darkness to light and um i kind of have always just like felt a little funny with it because the word actually guru contains the syllable for darkness and light together within one word and so to me that's more like it is it's a representation of the middle path mm -hmm. and when you describe somebody who has a, a great deal of wisdom you describe them as a guru and to me that's like someone who can really hold the darkness and the light and experience the fullness of reality without resistance to either one or attachment to either mm -hmm. outcome. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's just kind of an example of that from within the spiritual world of how we think, okay, we're, we're leaving the darkness, leaving this shadow and moving into the light, um, which can be a nice image. But I think it's also important to, to feel that sense of being able to really exist with the fullness of the spectrum. Mm -hmm, mm hmm yeah all, all realms of experience that you could have yeah yeah there, there was some, someone i was listening to some podcast and uh, i think it might have been paul check i'm not sure if you're familiar with him but um he's heavily into buddhism and other things but he described as uh basically existence is the the imbalance is god creating imbalance because if there was just balance and perfection if there was just perfection stillness then there would be no nothing, right? So it's like the the the, act, the illness is is an act of God, is a will of God. It's in, in an imbalanced way, but in order to allow you to have that experience, so it's it's really interesting. And you you perceive these things much differently than a lot of other people would, and you sort of sit back from a from a seat of awareness and kind of examine them. A lot of people don't, and they really kind of like what you just were just were saying is like they get caught in the darkness of it, in, in the illness of it, or too much in the light and too focused on that, but not really experiencing both both sides of things, which is, which is the whole point to have that realm of experience. It's almost like to, to take that water slide of life and just, you know, go for it. Actually, even a lot of uh, people I, I talk to, they play video games and stuff. I, I, I kind of say like, it's like playing a video game with cheat codes on and you don't want to do that because then it's just boring. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, what's the point? Yeah, if, you, if anyone's ever done that, it's just, there's no point to it. It's almost like you want to play the game normally, experience all the experiences, take it all in because that's, that's the point of, hitting that start button, you know what I mean? Yeah. Starting up that game. Yeah. And that's where I think spirituality can at some times be a, an escape from life. And it can also like meditation, just using that as an example, I think meditation could be a way that we kind of es escape from experiencing life. And at the same time, it can be a space where we really go to experience the depth of life. 
Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of um, like many things. I think it's really what our approach is and how we're relating to the practice itself. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. And just uh, before we kind of get to wrapping things up, I just had a couple more questions for you, but I know that you have um, many moons course happening right now and you have your Kickstarter as well. So I just wanted to take a minute if you could just kind of highlight what exactly that's all about, if anyone's interested in checking it out. I I put all the links and the resources and all your information in the page or the description of this podcast so people can always just go to it and reference that. But I'm going to be putting the link to your Kickstarter because I think that's still going on for the next two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. It is, yeah. I think about 10 days left. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, what is the Many Moons course and uh, what is the Kickstarter all about uh, in relation to your album, your new album? Yeah, um, well, the Many Moons course is a women's course. Um, and it's also, I really kind of um, like to make it very clear that it's not just for much as it's for anybody who feels like that embodiment of the feminine, because I know that, you know, there are a lot of people on the gender spectrum who I want to feel welcome within that community um and so it's really for people who who feel connected to that feminine and want to connect deeper to it and we do do a lot of work with the hormonal systems and um balancing the these systems that are specific to women's bodies um so that's an aspect of the course that is kind of specific to women um but it's a community of women from all over the world. That's the thing I love most about doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's about a hundred women just from many, many different countries. And um, we meet every, every week and have a forum and a discussion going throughout this full cycle of um, 28 days, a full moon cycle. Um, and this is my third time running this course and, it just feels like a really special way um, to reconnect to a sense of community because I think that's another thing that is kind of missing in our, mm-hmm. in our daily life and culture. And um, it's very natural, I think, for, for women to gather, especially at important phases of the moon, and to practice meditation, to sing, to share our experiences and reflect on our experiences. Um, so that's what I try to offer in this course and there's also quite a bit about um you know herbs and different self-care practices that have been kind of lost i think um there have been things in society that have developed about women's bodies that make us feel kind of ashamed of different aspects of our cycles and our our women's systems Um, And for that reason, I think a lot of really valuable wisdom isn't given to women. That would be great if it was just given to us, you know, when when you start becoming a woman, when you start moving out of childhood and into um, adulthood. I think there are things about how to be in our bodies and how to care for our bodies that um, many of us don't learn. Um, And I didn't really come across many of these practices until later in my life, I mean, I'm still pretty early in my life, but you know, in my 20s, I started discovering all of these herbal, um, herbal and medicinal and um, kind of self care practices from different traditions that have really changed my, my health and my experience of um, being in a woman's body. Mm -hmm. So I felt really motivated to share that through some platform. And this course has been a really really fun way to gather as women and to, you know, reconnect to some of those practices. Mm-hmm. No, it sounds amazing. And I think it's, it's something, maybe you could do something for men too at some point. Yeah, totally. I don't know as much about I don't that. know how that would be structured. Maybe we could work together on it or something. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's really needed for, for both, you know, for mm-hmm. both men and women. I think it's really important to have time where we can connect about the things that aren't so easy for us to talk to each other about because we we are living different realities in certain ways. Um, and so it's really, I think it's really special when men have that chance to really connect about the masculine and how to embody the masculine. Like mm-hmm. you were saying about um, how to also integrate the feminine while really holding that strong masculine um, as well. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of a lot of men would 
um, enjoy and benefit from a platform to have those kinds of conversations. Yeah, I think it would be great. I think just getting back to that whole thing of fear as well. I think a lot of men have that fear to reveal that vulnerability within themselves. Mm-hmm. And and then on the contrary, there's a lot of men that have completely gone to the feminine side. And I've, I've seen that is quite prevalent in our society now. And it's like, where's all the men? Like, what are you all doing? You know, like go out and chop some wood or something, right? And like, it's <laughs> like they don't. So, and I think it's because of all the devices and all like the just staying indoors and not getting outside and not, you know, hunting and gathering and doing all these different things, which even women used to do, you know, hunter gatherers as well. So it's like, you know, the, um, (laughs) yeah, just the technological age that we're in seems to be uh, limiting people in that regard. Yeah, Um, definitely. So do you have any upcoming, I know we mentioned, or we talked about right at the beginning of this podcast, but you had mentioned the upcoming concert uh, that you'll be doing in November of Toronto. Um, Are you touring right now uh, over the, over this year? Yeah, so I, I'm doing a tour in South America and Central America, the U.S. and Canada. So really the whole continent. Um, I'm starting in August and going through until November. Okay. So I will be doing lots, you know, going to lots of different places coming up soon. And part of that is um, sharing this new album that you asked about, but I kind of went down the, the women's course route. But um this this new album is coming out to people through the Kickstarter um, in August, and then it'll be released to everyone else in September. So I'm touring during that whole time. Um, it's a nice balance of things because I I also am producing this music, so I spend a lot of hours at the at the computer. And yeah, I think I saw some of your Instagram stories of you just like showing the editing process and I'm like, ah, oh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. But it's also amazing. This is my first album that I'm, that I'm ever doing where I'm producing the whole thing. Um, and I'm also doing it without a record label. So everything about it is just different than what I've experienced in the past. Hmm. Do you um, find that record labels tend to intercede and try and guide the direction of the album when you create them? Definitely. Um, and I've loved, I've only worked with one record label and I've, I've worked with them for the last five years. And um, I love, I love them, the company Spirit Voyage. And they, they produce a lot of really great music and um, they're in, they've been just incredibly helpful to, to giving me my career really. Mm-hmm. Um, it was their idea, not mine, for me to make music full time. Um, and so I'm really grateful to them. But at the same time, it is a collaboration and they do own the music. Um, and so it's natural when, when it's their project that they have opinions about it. And um, every idea I have, I kind of talk to, talk it over and talk it through with them. So when these songs first started coming to me, I just, I knew that they needed something very different. They, I felt like this album needed to be just me and the music for as long as that needed to happen. And then I would slowly start inviting other musicians in kind of as I started to hear this, like in my mind here, oh, I'm, I hear a violin there. And then I'd call my friend Bogdan in Mexico, who's the, just this incredible violinist, mm-hmm. plays with like so much... Um, I don't know if you've seen Mozart in the jungle, but he plays with the blood. Mm, okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, he just plays with so much heart and feeling. And um, so, yeah, I, this, this way of doing it really gave me so much freedom to kind of bring in the, the musicians and the artists who I admire so much. Like this album is basically if, you know, when you're given a chance to just make your dream album with your, dream people it's brought me to tears so many times as they would send me the recordings or as I'd just be listening to a mix with all of these people together I almost couldn't believe that there was a recording with that combination of people Mm -hmm. so yeah it's been a definitely a, a project that is very much close to my heart and very like personally um satisfying to create Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned that you hear like a, a violin or you'll hear certain tunes or instruments to, you know, from like from a philosophical point of view, I'm sure you're familiar with the, the phrase, the Akashic records, or even some mm-hmm. people call it DMT realm or anything like that. Do you find that 
these things are already, they already exist. You merely just need to, again, open yourself up to it, allow that sort of to come through. And then bringing, and the fact that you're producing this yourself, it really does give you that total control to kind of pluck from this realm and then bring it all together. And now you have this piece that's, you know, it's like your, your pure manifestation of your own vision, your own, you know, and that could be why it's bringing you to tears just because of how it's unfolding in that way. Do you, does that make yeah, sense? That it does make sense. And um, I really don't know how it works. <laughs> I know the experience of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what you're describing totally makes sense to my experience. Um, I always feel, you know, people ask me a lot where, where the songs come from, how I, you know, what my writing process is like. And it's really interesting because I feel it like what you're describing. I'll start to hear something in my mind. And the only way I can describe it is that it feels like when you hear music off in the distance and uh, you can't yeah. really fully make it out, but you hear far away or something. And then you can choose to walk towards it and to explore it more and to get a fuller experience. And so for me, it's, it's like when the songs start coming to me, I have to just drop everything and start walking towards it. And then it, slowly I start to hear it more and more. And I can hear sometimes I try something that's not it. And I feel, no, that's not. Yeah, it's just no, wrong, it. wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Next. <laughs> Yeah. Then you know you go in the other direction, and I can feel kind of when it's when it's right. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think the freedom of being able to do this album really on my own. Um, and it's funny because it's not at all on my own. It's been an amazing experience of community, but also it's had a lot of balance between like a lot of solitude and um, and personal freedom, and then a lot of. Um, really the best part of of community and collaboration as well mm -hmm. it's like when you were saying it's almost off in the distance it um there's a lot of writers and creative people that uh believe in the muses and this mm -hmm. is like a kind of a greek philosophy thing so you kind of yeah. like you almost pray to the muses and allow that to just and you're, you're opening up to whatever they're offering you and whatever mm -hmm. you work with and then you can sort of transmute that into whatever you can in this plane and um, yeah it's really, it's really nice that you're kind of reflective of that and you, you understand that process. And it's almost the whole part about just going about your whole life is, is just hearing that music off in the distance and knowing which path to take with everything mm -hmm. you do, with all decisions. And sometimes there's actually a, um, uh, I can't remember which philosopher it was, but he used to basically say like he would, he would have a voice in the back of his head. I'm not sure if he called it his demon, which was a very interesting name for it, but he would basically would ask it a question and it would just simply say no. It just get yes or no, no. And then if, if it said no, you just do something else. And if, just keep asking it. And if it just kept saying no, you just do something else. And that's sort of finding a way that, you know, to follow that stream or to follow that path. Um, so it's really interesting yeah. how, how it comes forth for you and music and the creation of your music, your whole process. It's, and I, I, I see that. It's very reflective when I listen to your music. Like I, I, can, I can pick up on that. Um, I know a lot of people probably listen to it and they, they, they just hear it's just this lovely, beautiful tone, this beautiful music, but I feel as if it's been weaved in some way when I listen to it from something mm. that I don't understand, <laughs> but it's been weaved. Yeah, and I don't, I don't understand it any more than you do. <laughs> mm, mm. Well, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not alone. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I don't actually have any other questions for you right now, and I'm sure we've gone on for a while. Maybe we could have a follow-up call some other time, but... Um, Actually, uh, do you mind if I get Grace in here? Because she wanted to say hi. Yeah, for sure. And, oh, oh, she's right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hi. And, uh, hi. Hello, hello. How are you? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm like excited for you to come visit uh, Toronto. Yeah, like, I'm really looking forward to it. It's definitely one of my favorite places to come. I feel like it's always such a such a sweet spot and yeah, really nice to It's come. at the church, right? That you performed I think at. So. I think it's at the same place, yeah. Nice. Um here. This is my little guy Alfie. Um I was telling you that uh he listens to Unsatajamni, like it's his lullaby. <laughs> That's so sweet. Yeah. So yeah. I'll sing him the song like when we go to bed or like him and he'll legit like fall asleep. That's amazing. 
Hello. That's that's the worst part of being a touring musician is that you can't have animals. Uh, that's the only the only <laughs> downside. Uh, so I just enjoy watching other people love their animals. Yeah, we definitely do. But really nice to see you. I don't want to take any more of your time, but uh, looking forward to the podcast and yeah, you. I'm just like watching your development on Instagram and yeah, it'd be Thank nice. You. <laughs> Sending yep. you love. Lots of love. <laughs> nice to see, see you. See you in November. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was nice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's so nice to see you guys. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, did you want to share anything else before we hop off? Anything that anyone should check out? Or I think we covered quite a bit. But I think we covered it all. Perfect. Yeah. So I'll probably see you again soon. And uh, otherwise, yeah, we'll stay in touch online and everything. But um, yeah, looking forward to your concert. So we'll, we'll see you that uh, in November as well. Awesome. Otherwise, looking forward to it. Thank you for taking this time. Really of appreciate course. it. Of course. My pleasure. Thanks for having the time to take. <laughs> no problem. No problem. All right. Thank you. Take Talk care. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.